Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, Welcome. to Warriors Wrap-Up Wrap up. on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Ryan Covey with you. Warriors get another win tonight, 137 to 106. Ryan, we asked the question last night following the Warriors' most impressive victory of the season. Could they use it to propel them to a level which we had not seen at this point uh, this year? Can you take a, 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 an opponent that, that is inferior on paper and, and make it stand up for a second consecutive night? And the Warriors were able to do that. They jumped on the Sacramento Kings early, and they never let up, winning by 31. They led by as many as 36, a wire-to-wire victory and a whole lot of positive mojo working in the Warriors' direction now, seven games in. This team suddenly has won four of their last five. J.D., I know you're familiar with the term molly whopping, uh, and that's what tonight was. This was just a straight-up molly whopping from the opening tip. And when you go back to the Portland game last night, uh, the Golden State Warriors have won eight straight quarters. They've outscored the opposition now eight straight quarters, and they've gone for 30 or more points in all eight of those quarters. Uh, last night, we saw them take some steps on the defensive end. I know Portland filled it up a little bit down the stretch in what basically amounted to some garbage time. Uh, but tonight, I mean, the Warriors were terrific defensively, especially early on getting out to that 37-20 to 20 lead after one. They never looked back, uh, and now they're 4-3, and three, J.D. You know, after that 0-2 start, if you would have told me that we were going to be here five games later, I would have said no chance, um, but they've turned this thing around on a dime, and, and there's a lot of credit to go around right now. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. That's the phone number to give us a call here. Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. You can also shoot us a text at that same number. Again, 888-957-9570. Warriors having a lot of fun on the basketball court tonight. Mentioned the fact that they, they got out and just jumped the Kings early 8 nothing it was 26 11 30 to 14 and then at the end of the first quarter 37 to 20 uh, the the Warriors looked like uh, they didn't look like a team that had played last night, and the Sacramento Kings hadn't played since Saturday afternoon, and they looked like a team that played about three overtimes last night, and and then had to travel about two thousand miles. But credit to the Dubs for for just coming out and again, Steph Curry offensively, Draymond Green defensively setting the tone for everybody else, and everybody else followed, including Kelly Oubre Jr., who seemingly fixed his shot tonight. Not one, not two, not three, but four three-pointers for Kelly Oubre Jr. as he has uh, one of his best games. I I thought last night was his best game. Does tonight surpass last night as Oubre's best game because he was able to knock him down? 
I think so. Uh, you know, we always know what we're going to get for the most part on the defensive end from Kelly Oubre. I mean, he's a, he's a dogged defender. He plays with a level of enthusiasm and determination. Uh, the way that he switches and and you know the, the focus on that end of the floor, but uh, getting his offensive game rounded into form was what this team desperately needed. I mean, he's doing it in an, obviously a very different manner, but he's playing the Clay Thompson role of this Steve Kerr offense. I mean, come on, like they need Kelly Oubre to score. They need Kelly Oubre to hit threes. They don't need him to go for 25 a night. Clay, even in his heyday, was, you know, a 20 per game game guy, right? That's what they need from Oubre. 18 to 22 points, shoot the three at a good clip, and, and play some good defense. And um, I, I think there's no question this was his best game. And now we see a guy, J.D., getting more and more confident. And, you know, I, I said after the game Friday night, I'm officially at the point where Kelly Oubre now has to prove to me that he's a good fit in this Warriors offense. I just wasn't going to just, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt because all the evidence that I'd seen so far was that he, he wasn't a good fit. Now, did I believe he could turn it around? Absolutely. But he had to show us. He had to prove it to himself. Uh, in the last couple games he's done that. Now it's something to build on. Uh, but a guy like Kelly Oubre, you look at the back of his basketball card, you knew that the three-point shot was going to come around eventually uh, to a better level than it was. I mean, it was at a historically bad start. Uh, and so good to see him get going tonight. That's a huge weight off his shoulder. And, you know, like a lot of guys, J.D., a lot of shooters, first couple go down, then, you know, you, you start to believe they're going to go in instead of being surprised when they go in. And that's a very different mindset. And we saw that with Oubre tonight. Steph Curry, 30 points in three quarters for Steph. (laughs) 30 uh, to go with nine boards and eight assists. This would have been a night where if this game was close, he would have had an easy triple-double and and maybe pushed 40 and and 100 for the two games. Uh, Be it as it may, the Warriors had turned this thing into a blowout, and Steph will have to settle for 92 points. Uh, over the course of, uh, what would that be, 28 hours of basketball? Pretty impressive stuff uh, for Steph Curry. <laughs> Not bad if you got Steph on your fantasy basketball squad, right? Probably had a good uh, good you know, 30 hours, whatever the hell it was. You're right, J.D. Uh, and, and good for him. And I, I love the nine rebounds, too, by the way. Uh, a game-high nine rebounds. Uh, you know, I know a couple of the Kings ended up with nine rebounds as well. I think Bagley and maybe uh, I think it was Barnes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Curry never gets enough credit for being a good uh, good rebounder from the guard position as well. But, yeah, man, the scoring's been there from Steph, and, and clearly he's unlocked something. And, you know, there was a stretch tonight, J.D., where Draymond Green just displayed literally every attribute that – you know, the Warriors rely on him for and that he possesses. And when his game is right, he's bringing to the table. I mean, there, there was that stretch where Draymond finds, uh, he finds Mulder for a corner three. Okay. Then the next time down, he finds Weissman leaking out in transition and he throws like a, you know, a football pass, drops it in the bucket. Next time down, a beautiful give and go with Steph. Steph ends up with an easy finish. And then a couple of possessions later, he's hitting Ubre breaking to the lane for a, a, you know, a a, a transition dunk. So it's like, and and by the way, he's also contesting shooters on the defensive end and, and making stops. I mean, Draymond, you know, didn't play a huge chunk of minutes tonight and he only ended up with five assists, but it was in that stretch of the game where the Warriors basically put this thing on ice uh, and it was it was Draymond at his best like you get a dime you get a dime you get a dime it was just classic Draymond and uh, it's good to see man because you know it's so much of this season is riding on well what Draymond are you going to get and I think you know now three games in like I think we know what Draymond we're going to get a, a damn good one and a damn engaged one and, and tonight it felt like 
old school Warriors basketball with the ball moving around. They were knocking down threes tonight. Tonight, where the Warriors hit twenty three three pointers in this ball game uh, out of forty three attempts. It was just what three nights ago. It was Portland who went twenty for 43 against the Warriors. So think about that night that the Blazers had inside Chase Center on Friday night. The Warriors had that night and bested it by three three-point shots in this one, and, and they wind up knocking down 53% from three-point range. But the story of the night offensively, for all of the things we've pointed out, 41 assists. That Come is on. an NBA season high for any team in a single game throughout the course of the first two weeks of this young season, and the Warriors did it tonight with just 11 turnovers. You're going to win every single game when you have a 4-1 to assist to turnover ratio. We've talked a lot about the offensive system and whether Steve Kerr needed to make some tweaks or not. It, it all looks a lot better when the shots from the outside are going down, but the Warriors seem just just more cohesive on the basketball court with Stephen Curry looking to be more aggressive and Draymond Green helping him not only get some easier buckets in transition like you pointed out, but also, I mean, he's directing traffic. How about him hopping up and down trying to get guys in the right spots as he was bringing up the ball tonight? I mean, one of the one of the more fun moments of the night. But, yeah, the ball was humming, and, and the Warriors were moving it like old times. Yeah, I mean, we we were saying the other night, JD, are the days of thirty assists, uh, you know, are, are those days over for the Warriors? You know, still still getting everybody up to speed, you know, with, with this new look group. And yeah, I mean, maybe forget thirty assists. They messed around and got forty tonight. I mean, they had nineteen in the first half, and you could tell something was clicking. They had hit the thirty assist mark a couple minutes into the fourth quarter, and then you know, a bunch of guys getting to to play some extra minutes in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, guys like Nico Mannion making his NBA debut. But, you know, Steve Kerr got to empty out his bench in that fourth quarter and, and give some guys some playing time. And I love that they messed around and went out and won that quarter as well. I mean, Steph and Draymond are sitting there, you know, swinging towels and cheerleading like it was, you know, 2016 all over again. Uh, and, and, you know, the the, uh, the reserves went out and put up 37 points in the fourth quarter. So, you know, they just continued that flow. And to me, that's indicative of, hey, you know, a Kings team that clearly was packing it in and living to fight another day. But, you know, a, a group on that bench, I mean, Kavon Lewis, was terrific tonight. I thought Wanamaker was was pretty damn active. I mean, Damian Lee continuing uh, to to play a part. Uh, Mulder, Mulder, what four of four from downtown tonight? Like, you know, we we talked to Jim Barnett on the pregame. Steve Kerr's looking for those bench shooters, right? I mean, it, we know that Pascal's going to play that that sixth man role, and he's been terrific. He was in double figures again tonight. But as you start to look down that that bench, Baysmore, Wanamaker, Mulder, Damian Lee, Jordan Poole, who can Steve Kerr go? to when he needs some buckets, when he needs some some perimeter shooting. And tonight, a lot of guys are like, I'm ready, coach. Put me in, baby. And the Warriors now in eight straight 30-point quarters, and they got a 40-point quarter mixed in there as well from the game on Sunday night in the fourth quarter. But I'm just you look at the last eight quarters, 36, 30, 31, 40, 37, 31, 32, and then 37 in the fourth quarter. The Warriors with back-to-back 137s on the score sheet over uh, two nights of basketball at Chase Center, and you add it all up, and the Dubs find themselves at 4-3 and three on this young season. Let's get to some phone calls, 888-957-9570. We got a few people on the line that want to squawk with us, and we'll start with uh, West Bay Warrior in San Francisco. You're up first here on 95.7 The Game. You're on Warriors Wrap-Up. 
Hey, J.D. Kobe, how are you guys doing this evening? What's going on, hey, man? Not much, just uh, enjoying a little uh, Johnny Walker double black on the rocks at home. And uh, I just want to talk about Draymond Green. How good does he look out there? I mean, I don't understand why people were pressing him so hard after last season for not giving it at all. The team was terrible last year. Who, who would want to play well? And you can clearly see he's the difference maker. He's improving guys. Every single warrior tonight was in the plus on the, in the box score. And, you know, having him back, I think the Warriors could really do something this season. And they've showed that depth. And that's, you know, the strength in numbers. It's back again. So uh, I love to see it. And uh, hopefully uh, maybe we can beat the Clippers. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, cheers, guys. Cheers. Have a great night. I mean, I think it goes back to what you said about Kelly Oubre, you know, w- with Draymond and even with Steph to a certain extent. And, and again, I'm not having the whole legacy conversation about either one of those guys. Their legacies are made uh, in their own right, especially Steph Curry. But the question was, can these two guys, and I think Draymond certainly more than Steph, but can these two guys, c- can they... Can they do it a different way? Draymond had to, right. to had to prove it a little bit. You know, everybody knew he could do it. Everybody knew he could come back and make an impact. But because we hadn't seen it in so long, and and you're right, you want to check out last year because things were, you know, it was a 15 and 50, and Steph was out. I don't think anybody really complained about it. But you got to show back up, and you got to show that you can continue to hold the team back up, even a team that isn't quite as talented as some of these teams that were contending for championships. So for me, it was more, all right, get out there. And I think you were in the same boat. Get out there and show us, Draymond. Well, so far, though, the first game was a little clunky, but the last two have looked like the Draymond of old. Yeah, it's what's this next act going to look like? What's this next act of their career? And clearly, it's it's another phase. I, I don't think that could be disputed. If last year was the intermission, this is the beginning of the next act. I don't I don't feel comfortable calling it the final act. I mean, who knows how much longer these guys want to play for? Uh, certainly, there could be plenty of of great days and games and years to come uh, for both Steph and Draymond. But regardless, clearly, this is you know the next phase of their career and. You, I think we're all kind of waiting around. I mean, it's it's human nature, J.D. It's only natural when you, you have such a long layoff. You have the kind of injuries that this team sustained, the kind of roster turnover. You culminate that with, you know, you move from Oracle to the Chase Center. There was just so much newness. And, you know, having a, a tenuous grasp on, you know, all that championship culture that you built all those years in Oracle and, and all that winning mentality, are you going to be able to instill and impute that into this next group of guys, this younger generation of guys? The Wiggins, the Wisemans, the Ubres, uh, the, the Pascals. And, and so, you know, what kind of effect can you have on that? And then, oh, yeah, collectively, Steph Curry, what, what do you have for us? Draymond Green, what do you have for us? I think no, nobody was doubting that they were capable of doing it, clearly. I mean, we, we've all watched their careers, so we know that they were capable of it, but it's one thing to, to be capable. It's certainly something else to go out there and do it. And, you know, it, for the first couple games this year, it didn't look great. Give them the benefit of the doubt for all the reasons we've laid out. But now they've worked up a little bit of a lather, and they've also got some confidence. It's amazing what a little bit of confidence will do, right, J.D.? I mean, tonight, from the opening tip, 
The Warriors were like, third game in four nights. Nope, not going to let that slow us down. Trap game. Nope, not going to let that slow us down. Feeling ourselves maybe a little too much. Nope, not going to let that slow us down. They whooped the Kings' butt tonight, and that started at the top. Steph and Draymond set the tone, and everybody else fell in line, and that's how it's got to go this year if this team's going to have success. Matt and Vallejo. Matt, you're up next year on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Yo, yo, how's it going? Um, what's going on, Matt? You know, I just got done golfing. Yeah, what's up? I just got done uh, golfing out at Mariners Point, Little Mariners Point Monday. And, uh, you know, you kind of touched base the other day. Uh, you mentioned how, you know, the first few games, you know, the Warriors kind of broke par there. You know, but now you start seeing the hole and it gets a little bigger. You start getting a little couple birdies. Now they're going for eagles. And, you know, honestly, it's smooth sailing, I feel like. I think as long as this team can show that, you know, they can play at that intensity, you know, night in, night out. Uh, and they kind of showed that already with a huge back-to-back. You know, I know it's the Kings, but, you know, the Western Conference is stacked, so you got to respect all the teams out there. But, uh, yeah, you know, Draymond's looking like Dre. Curry and uh, Draymond, it was cool to see them combined for 63 the other night, you know? <laughs> and uh, my last question is, um, working on my iron swing, what's a golfer to watch that can help me with that? <laughs> I'm the you wrong guy to ask. Yeah, you, YouTube videos. There's a lot of great YouTube videos, depending on what you're doing. If you're slicing it, you play a little draw, a little fade, lots of good YouTube videos. And I would tell anybody out there, J.D., take a golf lesson. It's a great way to go. All right. Yeah, I'm, I am beyond repair when it comes to that. I, I, am, I, am, a, I am a January 4th, 2021 Sacramento Kings level performance uh, on, on the golf course <laughs> or, the, or the driving range for that matter. Uh, I, I am down 36, never led, and and got run out of the gym 137 to 106 level of golfer. But uh, I, I, I digress. It's a maddening game. I can promise you that. I love to play golf. I, I don't fathom how I could do something for 30 years and still suck at it, but I do. I mean, you know, I can I can break 90 every now and again, um, but by and large, uh, yeah, I, I struggle with the with that game as well. But, damn, it's so nice when you play well. It's the greatest feeling ever. It's like, I don't know, making it rain threes at the Chase Center or something like that, and, and they sure as heck did that tonight, J.D. I mean, I, you know, I'm watching the ball whipping around tonight, too. I mean, 40 dimes? Like, if you would have told me before the— the season what's the over under on the the assist total like the the highest number of assists that this team will achieve this year i probably said ah they might pop off for 35 one time something like that thank you no chance i would have pegged them for 40 are you kidding me yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought they would have had that in the bag, and I wouldn't have thought they had the 23 three-pointers uh, in the bag as well. And some of it was mop-up, but you you illustrated it. I mean, it was it was Mulder and even Jordan Poole late in the game knocked down two of three, and, that, and that's what you need if you're going to have that kind of night. Steph Curry setting the tone, though, again. I keep coming back to that. Uh, five of 12, eight of 16 on, on Sunday night. Uh, to help lead the Warriors to these back-to-back 137-point outputs and uh, a couple of solid back-to-back wins. I think at this point, yeah. one over 500 at 4-3 and three for the Warriors. That's uh, that that's one under, one under par, I think, for this thing. I think they got a birdie. I mean, or, or maybe I'll give them two birdies. I don't know. I'll be, I'll get, you know what? I'm going to give them a birdie. I, they were par through the first four. I think w- when you look at the two games against Portland getting the split, that that's probably a par, and then getting the win tonight to back it up. That that that's probably a birdie. So one under, or are we going to give them two under? 
No, they're one under right now. They are one under, and unless you want to say they they triple bogeyed the first couple of holes, uh, you know no. they were probably three over par when it was all said and done because they they no. didn't just they didn't just fail on those holes. I know it's only one hole and it's only one loss, but they didn't just lose; they got smoked. So it depends on how you want to look at it. Either way, both of our scorecards are reading. I'm going to say Warriors at one under right now. They are a game over five hundred. I'm going to give them one under. And they've hit a nice tee shot on the on the seventh hole, whatever, or the eighth hole. They're already they've hit one, they've piped one right down the middle on the next hole. So there you go. Well, I I think we can agree on that. And I'll just look at it this way too. Seven games in, if you look at the games, if you look at Brooklyn, Milwaukee on the road, and then Chicago, Detroit on the road, couple of games against Portland and Sacramento. Two weeks ago tonight, if we were talking the night before the season started on the final word here on 95-7 the game, and, and you said to me, J.D., what do you want it to be two weeks from tonight? I would say four and three. I would say you're probably yeah. losing the. It, it, I would say you're probably losing the first two. You need to win those next two. You got to split with Portland, and then you got to beat Sacramento. So to this point, I think their season as a whole is just it's it's right on schedule. Yeah, it is, and and so now, and and we'll have you know the next you know whatever couple of days to talk about the Clippers and and the unique challenges that they possess. I think clearly the goal has to be right now win one of those two games against the L.A. Clippers. Don't care if it's the front end or the back end. Don't care how they get it done. Just find a way to beat the Clippers, and and even. If you don't happen to, to win a game in that little two-step, just look the part. Be a much more competitive basketball team uh, you know, a, a against better opposition. Because the good news is, J.D., I think if they do, they are capable right now. And, and I mean, you look at tonight, like compared to last night. So they hit 137 in both games. Had to do it in different ways because you know the, the starters obviously got to rest in the fourth quarter tonight. 24 uh, points from the bench last night. 58 tonight, J.D., uh, so the, the bench went huge tonight, and and I just that's that's got to have you feeling so good because we've seen Ubre and, and Wiggins look pretty damn good. I know we'll talk about those guys and Weissman, but getting that bench going, getting that secondary scoring, it starts with Pascal and everybody else falling in line. And sure, it was some garbage time buckets, but it doesn't matter, man. These guys needed something to feel good about, something to empower them. Uh, and and last night was a step in the right direction, and tonight was a big leap in the right direction. Let's go to JJ in San Mateo. JJ, you're up here on Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, JJ. Hey, guys. Uh, I mean, not only was it like a huge uh, step up for the Warriors, but like looking at the Sacramento Kings, like you can't fully disrespect them. They're a professional team, and they ran it up with Houston, and they've been giving teams a hard time. And if you look at them, they're, they match our athleticism. Like each player matches our athleticism, and they are a great defensive team. You don't see them scoring over uh, 107 points quite often, but they are a good defensive team that can rotate, but we just obviously outscored them. and uh, That just gives me hope as Warrior fans seeing us to go out there and beat such an athletic team with high intensity on the defensive end. It makes me smile, and I just feel good to be a Warrior fan right now, baby. Thanks, JJ. Appreciate the call. I, I would never mistake the Sacramento Kings for a great defensive team. Now they I do knew you were going to take issue with that. They <laughs> do have some JD athletes. <laughs> they 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 would like to run and gun and get up the floor. And they, I'll say this: yeah. they have played better defense in the early going this season than they have maybe in the last fifteen years. Uh, yeah. But they are. Don't ever mistake them for a good defensive team. But I'll say this. When you play the Kings, and the Warriors saw this a couple of years ago when they were, you know, still a championship contending team with Durant and Draymond and Curry and Clay, uh, 
they those two teams played four of the the toughest, most hard nosed games you would ever see head up, and the Warriors wound up basically winning all four of them at the end in the final two or three minutes. And you know they they play up to the competition. I don't know if they. It just depends on when you play them. If you play them and they're feeling good about themselves, which they were the first maybe five games of the season, they're a tough out. If you play them when they're in a little bit of a funk or maybe they're feeling themselves a little bit or maybe they got a little drama going on within their locker room, then you can you can house them the way, the way that the Warriors did tonight. So it's actually, if the Warriors had played the Kings a week ago, this game might have had a completely different outcome, to be perfectly honest. But, hey, you, you play them when you play them, and the Warriors are in a much better place, and the Kings, after winning three of their first four, uh, have dropped three in a row, and, and the Dubs were able to take advantage tonight. Yeah, the Warriors are playing their third game in four nights. Uh, you know, they just played the Blazers two games in a row. They started their season with four games out on the road. Like, you know, no, nobody's feeling sorry for the Golden State Warriors. And both of these NorCal teams have to travel so much, right? I mean, you know, as compared to teams that play back on the East Coast and all those cities are so close together. Coming into tonight, J.D., I looked this up before uh, before our pregame show today with uh, with Jim Barnett. And the Sacramento Kings coming into tonight – were number five in the NBA defending the three-pointer. So uh, they were clearly, you know, had been a much better defensive team so far earlier in the year, particularly defending the three-point shot. And, you know, look, you're playing against Denver, Phoenix, Houston, teams that we know want to shoot a ton of threes. Uh, and so they've been pretty good in that respect. And so it's even more impressive that the Warriors had such a career night. And and honestly, I mean, I don't care if you're playing the, you know, the, the Sacramento Kings or you're playing the Bad Boy Pistons. If you move the rock like that, you are going to get open looks. And that's where this was kind of a throwback effort because, you know, it just seemed like the Warriors – had the head on the swivel, making the extra pass. Guys were so in tune, and guys were across the board willing facilitators, and that's the Draymond Green effect for me, J.D., like just making the smart play, the high IQ play, making the extra pass to turn a good look into a great look. And in the, in the, on the first couple of games when they were struggling, they were still getting, quote, open looks, but they weren't those true good looks, like in rhythm, where you're like, oh, yeah, baby, like where you know, you know, even as a, you know, a, you know, a, a you know, basketball fan like me who, you know, what do I know about the freaking game? But I, oh, that's going in, right? Just when you see a guy, you know, get a corner three in rhythm like that, you know, oh, that's going in. And they had so many of those moments tonight where it was just in the flow of the offense. It just looked so pretty, uh, just making that high IQ extra pass. And that's what they were able to do tonight. 888-957-9570. He's Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson, law-abiding citizen, Mike in Daly City. Hang on the line. We'll get to you guys coming back. We'll also hear from Draymond Green and Steve Kerr. Warriors get the win tonight over the Sacramento Kings, 137-106. to And you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Fox downstairs. Draymond with a steal as he took it away from Bagley. It's four on three. Draymond dribbles in. Feeds oh, nice. over to Oubre Jr. for a dunk with a no-look bounce pass. Oh, that was sweet. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with Ryan Covey and John Dickinson on 95.7 The Game. 
Warriors get it done tonight, 137 to 106. The call there from Tim Roy and Draymond Green making a lot of things happen on this night where the Warriors would lead by as many as 36. They've won four of their last five now, so the 0 and 2 start washed away, and the Dubs now 4 and 3 with a couple of games against the Clippers coming up here on 95-7. The game Wednesday and Friday as the Dubs' seven-game homestand rolls on. 888-957-9570. Let's keep it moving on the phone lines. Mike in Daly City, you're up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Mike. Hi, guys. Yeah, I have a slightly uh, different take on the uh, turnaround, let's call it, for the Warriors. Um, You know, if you think back to last year when they had basically no team and Draymond was playing with nobody, um, and your Pascal or your, you know, Damian Lee or or your Wiggins or somebody like that or one of the new guys, um, Obrey Jr., um, you have no concept of what it's like to be on the court with Draymond, Steph, and you know, even Clay if he were around. You just don't see it the same way as if you're watching, say, highlights of the Warrior Championships and. Yeah, Steph's a great player, and he's got all these great shots. But I think what Steph did last night is he said, you know, just do your job. Just play hard and do your job, and we can make, you know, mincemeat of all kinds of teams. You know, maybe we can't beat the Lakers. We'll find out if they can beat the Clippers. But at least we can be five or ten games over 500 just by playing basketball. You know, there's no pressure like last year where all these guys felt like they had to do you know, things that were 10, 10 times better than their skill level. I love Thanks, it. Thanks, Mike. Great, great thoughts. Pre- appreciate it. great call, it. Go ahead, man. Ryan. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just a great call. And, uh, you know, it's it's Steph. It, we already know this, J.D. Steph's got to set the tone, right? And and guys are going to look to him. And, and he's absolutely right. I mean, you know, these guys have been in the league. They've been on the court with Steph. They've seen it. You know, Wiggins, Oubre, they've, they've been watching it for years, man. But to go out there and play with these guys, uh, you know, with, with the kind of chemistry that him and Draymond have and, you know, Steve Kerr standing there on the sideline, like, you know, and, and, and I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I'll, I'll take Andrew Wiggins as kind of the example here like Andrew Wiggins needs the Golden State Warriors at this point in his career right for all the reasons we know why this is such a great place to play with Steph and Dre and you know what they're building here in the Bay with the ownership and the coaching and the Chase Center and Dub Nation and then this team needs Andrew Wiggins to help continue everything that they spent you know seven plus years building right so it's kind of the old one hand washes the other and all these guys are going to look to Steph and ultimately Draymond to kind of lead that charge and early on Steph's looking to maybe you know empower some guys get them going oh how do I jump start Ubre or how do I get Wiggins more involved no 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 you do your thing let him do his thing and then collectively you guys will all find that flow together and then let things happen a little more naturally you can't force it it's just got to kind of come naturally and I feel like it's been a much much more organic uh, game that they've played the last couple of times out. And it's certainly showing in the results, man. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Let, let's go ahead and hear real quick from Steve Kerr because he he addressed a couple of things that uh, have led the Warriors to this place here over the course of the last couple of games. Uh, in part, uh, Steph's effort and the defense. Yeah, Steph looked great. I mean, the first quarter was the key to the game, you know, 37 to 20. And our defense was was really key. Again, if we can get stops, 
and get into transition, Steph is lethal in those cases. So he got free a little bit uh, in that first quarter and set a set a really good tone, as did our whole team with the defense. And that's going to be the key, you know, going forward. We, we These last two games have been really good defensive efforts. That's what this team has to be built on in order to, to compete at the highest level. So we're trending in the right direction, but it's about to get a lot tougher competition-wise. No doubt. And the Clippers for two, then Toronto, and then it's Indiana. That closes out the homestand, but that's not the end of it. Then it is off to Denver, Phoenix, and a back-to-back, those two games on the road, and at the Lakers on the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. So it's not just the homestand. It's some of the games after the homestand. We're going to find out. The Warriors really weren't up to the challenge at the start, and, and I think it's fair to look back now and say, well, how could they have been up for the challenge at the start based on the short training camp and Draymond and Wiseman being out with the COVID protocols and trying to work in so many new pieces? You get Brooklyn and Milwaukee right out of the chute, and it, it's just tough. Like it, It's it's almost two schedule losses before you get a chance to do anything. Well, now this team has a little bit of momentum, and as you alluded to earlier, a little bit of confidence. So these next handful of games, especially the two against the Clippers, they become a new measuring stick. Let's see how they do against uh, some of the elite competition in the NBA when they get uh, another shot at it here on Wednesday and, and Friday night. Yeah, the, the next seven games they're going to be tough. There's there's no question. Uh, it's you know it's the, nobody said it was easy. Like this is the NBA. This life in the Western Conference. It's not supposed to be easy. Uh, and I'll say this: if if they can get through these next seven games, JD, and they can be sitting there, you know, through fourteen games at seven and seven, then you get a little bit of a reprieve. You know, you got San Antonio, the Knicks, couple games against the T Wolves. You got Detroit again. Uh, so. Things do ease up a bit. If you can be 7-7 seven and seven after 14 games, you talk about being on par, maybe even one under par at that point in the schedule. I think I'll definitely co-sign on that. And and I don't even, you know, it, it, with these next couple of games against the Clippers, like, yeah, winning one of the two, like that's uh, clearly the goal is to win both, but just to win one of the two would be huge. But I think, J.D., we're, we're looking for this team to, to look like they belong out there with some of the big boys. And, and I think based on what we've seen the last couple of nights, now at least they know that they're capable of it, right? Because, you know, what was what was the bar? Well, the bar was first, well, get a win, right? I don't care how you do it. Hey, shout out to uh, to Damian Lee, hit that big three, they got a win. Then it was, hey, can you, can you put a team on ice in the fourth quarter and pull away? Okay, cool, they did that against Detroit. Then can you bounce back? Can you beat a team in the West that's, that's better than a bottom feeder? Okay, check, now you've done that. And then now you've checked another box. Can you smoke a team? Can you go out and beat the brakes off a team that you know you're capable of beating and and have one of those like convincing wins? And I would say by the time last night was all said and done, pretty damn convincing win in its own right. But tonight was that could have been a letdown type of game. Like this is its own category of win, if you will, JD. So they've checked yet another box tonight. And, and so it's just something to continue to build on and just keep checking boxes, baby. They backed it up tonight. The, the, the game tonight validated the game that they had last night, uh, and and I think that's important. And I think as you you move forward here, you know Portland is a is a good team, not a great team. I think you could make the case that that Brooklyn and Milwaukee, although they've had their own ups and downs, those are two teams at the end of the day are probably going to be in the top five to eight teams in the NBA in some form or fashion. And then the Warriors are 3-0 and against teams that are probably in the bottom third of the league. When you when you look at you know Detroit and, and Chicago and Sacramento, when it's all said and done, I think 
you know, those those three teams are probably going to be there. The Warriors are three and zero in those games. But if this team is going to be an over five hundred team, if this team is going to be on pace to win. 37 or 38 games in a 72-game season, they're going to have to win just about every game or at least a significantly high percentage of the games against the Sacramentos and the Chicagos and the Detroits. So the fact that they're able to do it and, like you said, be able to thump them on the second night of a back-to-back when another team's coming in feeling like they need to get a win, that that's, that's impressive, impressive stuff. On the heels of your most legit win of the season by far, uh, you know, less than 24 hours before, uh, that's when you start to see that this team is building something a little bit. Yeah, and and now you'll you'll get a day off, and then oh yeah, here come the L.A. Clippers. So you know, there's plenty of measuring stick opportunities, uh, you know, here, here in the Western Conference and in the NBA in, in 2021. And so uh, the Warriors will get another dose of that later this week. Um, but clearly, JD, just across the board, you know, this this team is oozing with confidence right now. And and I I don't think it can be uh, you know overstated the impact of inserting Draymond Green uh, back into this lineup and, and what that means for this basketball team because honestly I mean think about it. It, it, it not only is it readily apparent the effect that it has on Steph and really anybody in the starting five I mean Draymond's going to have that effect but also what it does sliding Eric Paschal you know into that six-man role and, and him playing that small ball five the way that he's been doing it I mean it just you know Paschal think about it JD remember after that first night we're like oh Paschal I don't know is he in, is he in as good a shape as he was last year and oh my god like is this was last year an aberration and is he going to be able to fit with this style of basketball this team wants to play and well he fits in pretty nice with that second unit and you know I, I don't know if, if it's going to be sustainable playing him small ball five for long stretches this year but it certainly in, in spurts it's going to be workable uh, when the Warriors need a little bit of offense uh, so it just th- that effect of putting Draymond Green into the back into that starting lineup and having him available it just slots everybody else in a more natural role and everybody now like the the car runs properly you know what I'm saying like you know everybody everything is doing the job that it was it was slated to do as opposed to guys being miscast. Absolutely. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey here. Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. Warriors now 4-3 and three on the season. Let's go to Law Abiding Citizen. He's up next here on Warriors Wrap Up. What's up, Law Abiding Citizen? Hey, what's up, J.D.? Hey, I just want to call in. I called in a few nights ago. And I kind of trashed Kelly Oubre, and I just want to publicly apologize to him. <laughs> I know he's listening right now. And, Obviously. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, I saw that blue fire in his stomach tonight, and the shots were falling. And, you know, people talk about people talk about Clay Thompson not being here, and they're like, oh, he's going to have to step up. There's no feeling in those shoes. You know, that's just, that's unattainable, especially for a young Kelly Oubre. But he has an impact on the floor, even when he's not missing those, you know, even when he is missing those those shots and he's got a bad percentage. He's coming in and he's giving them energy and he's drawing fouls, he's drawing charges. The guy's like a Tasmanian devil, but yeah, like I said, I see that blue fire in him, in his stomach, and it, it's shining bright, and uh yeah, I just want to apologize to Kelly, man. He, he brought it tonight. Anyways, Happy well, New Year's, guys. Great show as always. Happy New Year. Appreciate it. And I'm sure Kelly Oubre appreciates that as he drives home listening to us here on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, if uh, if he lives down in L.A., because... <laughs> 
<laughs> That's how long it's been since the game ended. Uh, yeah, no question. And I like that blue fire, JD. Right? Uh, it, you know, he, he, we know that he plays with a bunch of passion, and I think you know, law-abiding citizens saw what all of us saw: Kelly Oubre pressing early on, and he's aware of it. Like he, the, the Warriors brought him here after the Clay Thompson injury. Like he knew that. Oh wait, the, the Warriors are bringing me in to play alongside Steph Curry to fill Clay Thompson's shoes. Not capable. Uh, you know, not not possible. We all know that. And, and Kelly Oubre is a really good young basketball player who's improved a ton uh, the last couple of years. And last year, it really culminated with him having a, a big year uh, with the Suns. But it's not about trying to be Clay Thompson. It's go out there and be Kelly Oubre. And I think he's starting to get a little more comfortable with that. And then it's amazing what a couple of shots going in will do for a guy's confidence. Let's hear a little more post-game sound. Uh, I, I want to go back to something you mentioned regarding – Steph and Draymond and their ability to hold this team up and and also bring new players along. Draymond Green actually addressed teaching other players the Warriors' DNA. He was on the NBC Sports Bay Area walk-off interview following the game, and and he addressed uh, just his ability to do that. Uh, you know, just 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 stand on them about uh, defending and having that intensity each and every time we step on the floor. I think both of those guys are very good defenders. Uh, they can really get up and pressure the ball and and mess up other teams' offense. And so, you know, just stand on them about bringing it all the time, which they've been doing. And we need them to continue to do that so we can keep winning games. All right. So Draymond Green there uh, talking about I think Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre. Uh, the, the two guys that obviously you want to you know get that defensive intensity to that haven't been around and, and haven't been around Draymond at this point. So yeah, it's, uh, he was talking about those two guys in particular uh, in that yeah. cut. Yeah, and and I love what he said too in the interview. I don't know if we have the piece of sound. I know it was a little choppy because him and Kalena had a little funny back and forth. But he talked about uh, perimeter defense and defending the threes. Like I don't like defending the three. I just like defending. You know, like it's not about defending the three. It's about playing great team defense. Uh, And yeah, I mean Draymond's going to be the guy setting the tone, and he's also going to be the guy holding folks accountable as well. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Warriors win it tonight, 137-106. to So the Warriors 4-3 and three on the season. Let's go ahead and hear a little bit more from Steve Kerr uh, following this ball game. And uh, Kerr, he, he talked about uh, something that we hit on last night toward the end of the show, the Warriors rotation. It was a similar rotation tonight. Uh, as it was last night, and I, it feels like Steve Kerr's starting to find his way with the guys that are going to be out there on a night-in, night-out basis. Here's what he had to say about the state of the Warriors' rotation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Bays has played so well. He's really solidified himself. And then, you know, ironically, Marquise's injury really clarified Eric's role. And I think that was one of the big question marks in camp was, you know, when Draymond was back, where were we going to play Eric? And uh, he's really seized that, that role, that uh, backup center, along with Loon, you know, kind of playing th- those three guys, play, playing James, Loon, and, and Eric. And it's a, it's a really good look. You know, Eric is so good offensively and so, so good at attacking, and doing so as a five-man really suits him well. So I would say, you know, this, these last few games, the rotation has settled in pretty well. You know, we'll see how it goes the next couple of weeks. Sometimes an injury can wind up being a little bit of a blessing in disguise for a team if it allows somebody else to step up and make more of a positive impact. And I think 
while it's heartbreaking, uh, the injury to Marquise Chris and the impact that's going to have, obviously, at a critical time in his career, uh, Eric Paschal has made the most of a different opportunity and, and carved out a niche that, that I think many didn't believe uh, he could have playing that that position. And it's it's really wound up helping this Warriors team, his ability to play a little bit of four, but a whole lot of five. And it's, it's unlocked something, I think, uh, in, in his offensive game. Yeah, clearly. And, and he can wear out centers. I mean, he's just he's so quick and it's really, you know, how much can the opposition make him pay, uh, you know, when he's defending guys that are five and six inches taller than him? And, and he's been a try hard guy defensively. And, you know, you got to be careful, too, when, when you're switching, uh, when Pascal's your five, because if you switch down on the block, then OK, so now Pascal's out on the out on the four out on a wing. Like, so who's guarding the center exactly? So you got to be real careful in that respect when Pascal's out there and, and you know at times it might look rough but if you can give him that instant offense I think you'll take that trade off right because what are you looking for when Steph's on the bench resting you're looking for the team to hold serve you're looking to not lose ground and if nothing else if you can just trade buckets for a little while that's something and and I think you know Pascal's offensive game is is really rounded into form he can get a shot off you know Pretty much, you know, when he wants, you know, that little drop step, that little hook, that little mid-range that he's got. Uh, Pascal's got a nice game. And so, uh, you know, this is something that Steve Kerr probably didn't think that he was going to have. And maybe a little bit of found money at this point. But, hey, man, you show me a successful team. I'll show you a team that's had guys step up when other guys have gotten hurt. Like, that's just part of the deal. And, you know, the Warriors collectively had had pretty good success as a team in the past with that type of thing. Uh, and, and it's carried over this year. And, hey, look, Pascal was, was huge last year. And this is going to be a different role for him this year, playing with better players and, you know, with higher expectations. But hopefully all that experience he got last year only stands to benefit him as this team moves forward. And the other part of it is is the ability for Kent Bazemore to get back in there. Uh, he's back in. It's at Jordan Poole's expense. Now, Jordan Poole did get some mop-up minutes. Michael Mulder got a second-half shift uh, in, in that third quarter uh, as the Warriors were putting the game away, and he knocked down a couple of big shots. Uh, but at this point, it seems like whether they were trying to evaluate Poole or reward him for an offseason where they felt that they've improved, the move back to Bazemore has helped the bench unit overall, and in particular, having Bazemore out there with Damian Lee because it's two guys that can knock down a shot. Now you've got this new unlocked Pascal. Wiggins trying to be the headliner of that unit, and then Wanamaker as the backup point guard, of course, is always going to be out there, and that just... It it just feels right. That feels like a real nice balance, and it's a it's a unit that can score uh, at times uh, against other teams' second teamers. Yeah, the, the last two nights, JD. This is the recipe. And and look. You know, while you don't want to lose your mind too much when a team has a bad loss and you don't want to go too crazy with, with the platitudes when the team wins, but it can't be disputed. Like, this is the recipe. When Steve Kerr closes his eyes at night and pictures what he wants this basketball team to look like and play like, this might be, you know, the last two games, this might be the, you know, the, the high water mark, whatever. I still think they can, there's even a few more things they can do defensively, but being seven games in and already having seen a couple of efforts now like this, like where you have your exhibit A of how the 2020-2021 Golden State Warriors want to operate when, when they're, uh, you know, at, at full speed, like this is it. So now they've got something to compare and contrast. Bucks game, Nets game, that's, that's what we don't want to be. 
tonight, last night, that's precisely what we want to be. And I'm sure most nights uh, the game will fall somewhere in the middle. You just hope it's closer to this than what we got the first two games of the year. But at least now they've got the template. Let's hear from Steph Curry before we get out of here. Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Uh, one of the big themes of, of this show tonight, we've been discussing uh, Curry and obviously Draymond Green and their ability to get others into the fold. Well, Steph Curry, he talked about that following this one. Again, it's going to look different every night depending on how the defense guards me, and it's all about just making the right decision. You can always go rogue and try to force up shots, but Yesterday was there were clear lanes to attack, and I did tonight. There weren't you know really clear lanes, but I could draw a crowd, get it moving, and I could move it out the ball. So it's going to look all type of different ways. I just got to be decisive and clear. And again, having Draymond at the top to kind of be our quarterback and get people moving in the right direction, swing the ball. It starts to look like it used to in the sense of you know the patterns that that we have and guys are you know making shots, and that that's always helpful. All right, so Steph there and the impact of him and him and Draymond. And to me, the biggest key to this whole thing is Steph being forceful, Steph being decisive in what he wants to do. Draymond can direct traffic however he wants. That's awesome. But but the Steph as the Warriors' best player, as the franchise, as the system, as KD once said, Kevin Durant, uh, he's got to hold everybody else up in these last couple of nights he's done it. Man, and isn't it just so fun, too? I mean, I don't want to hear about expectations and what, what what's it mean in the long term. Who cares, man? You watch basketball and you love this team because they entertain you and they make you feel good. And the last two nights, this team has certainly done that. And, and here's to some more of that. And I just I love the fact that like bring on the Clippers now for a couple of games. It's going to be a fun little little two-step uh, with, with your old friends from SoCal. Bring it on, J.D., and I know we'll be on the final word tomorrow night. Four hours worth. We'll get into some dubs talk tomorrow night as well, baby. Yeah, looking forward to that. So that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Sterling. Thanks to Mauser. Thanks to Bobby. Uh, we appreciate the help of one and all for Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson. Warriors get the win tonight, 137-106. to 106. We were back tomorrow, 6 o'clock, right here on your home of the Warriors, 95-7 the game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.